0: Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Footy Brains podcast. We've just had round one of the preseason challenge and we've got a lot to talk about, especially considering round two team lists just dropped as well. But before we get stuck into all the fantasy content, we have some exciting news to drop this morning. Um, we have actually decided to introduce a Patreon for everyone to join. So through our Patreon, we're going to have a Patreon-only podcast, plenty of additional content coming through there, a lot of preseason info. We've also included some uh, docs already around predicted teams And some play evaluations So feel free to register there um, Or subscribe there um, The link is in the podcast description Or if you go through our Instagram Or Twitter um, There will be a link on our profile And you can check it out there um, But Josh, mate We've also got some other news About some of our draft leagues you want to have a chat about that?
1: Yeah, of course, hey, everyone um, Yeah, we've been slaving away Doing some, some good stuff on the Patreon Kind of looking at average stats, like well the stats for averages and you know how much X player might go up in price, things like that. And um the other cool thing about it, it you'll be able to kind of save the the documents, I think, and kind of play around a little bit yourself. So if you think, you know, someone might average a little bit higher than what we predicted them, you can kind of uh see how that plays out with, you know, the spreadsheets and uh all that kind of stuff there. I um done a bunch of draft rankings as well. So going you know, top thirty for every position, and you know where I think they average and where I think you should you should draft them. Also, our top thirty kind of overall rankings. So it's um it's been a vlog, but we've uh, we've got there in the end. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess the exciting news about the draft as well, we put up a post uh, just on the story a couple of weeks back, and we just kind of you know getting some feels for who'd be interested in doing a draft league, and we got a decent amount of responses kind of around the 50, 60 mark, um, of people interested. Um, so what we're kind of playing around with at the moment is doing essentially like a draft champions league in a sort. So if you know, kind of how, I guess the, you know, soccer system works in the UK, um, where, you know, if you're the top three teams in your league, you go up a league. If you're the top, if you're the bottom three teams, you go down a league. Um, that's kind of the idea of, well, I guess kind of the idea at this stage. So having, you know, potentially five or six leagues of 12. Um, and then, you know, as the seasons go on, you can kind of climb into the higher leagues or if you have a bad season, you might have to try and work your way back up. But uh that's kind of what we're playing around with at the moment. We'll have some additional details with, you know, how you can answer and, um, I think at this stage we'll probably do some kind of uh, subscription or, you know, entry fee as well. So if you, if you win the comp, you'll get a, get a prize as well um, to kind of keep people interested. And I guess that's – we'll, you know, keep you updated with posts and stuff, but that's kind of what we, what we have going on at the moment. And, uh, yeah, excited to kind of keep building uh, the, the draft and, you know, build, I guess, fans and, and Patreon as well.
0: Yeah, it'll be good to have a bit of a community going with the, with the footy brains team, um, especially that promotion and relegation type system for draft. I think it'll be really interesting if we can get five or six leagues together and see how it kind of develops over the coming years. So, yeah, definitely look out for more information about that coming through our Instagram and probably through next week's pod as well. But enough about the, the admin and show stuff. Let's get stuck into some of the content. So looking at round one of the preseason challenge, um, how did you find the All-Stars game? Yeah, I thought
1: it was really entertaining. Uh really liked it. kind of hard to gauge, I guess, fantasy wise, um how you know, how everyone looks. I think uh one of the things I took away from the game is just I've got how good Nico Hines was, which yeah. seems crazy because, you know, he won the Dallium last year, but I was like, Oh, maybe I don't start with Nico. You know, I was playing around with you know, we talked about Dewey or Burton, guys like that. You can go a little bit cheaper, but yeah, watching him over the weekend, you're just like, wow. He just came out and smashed, you know, probably a, you know, I think we, we calculated he got about 75 points in that game. So, you know, any kind of illusion that he might start slow or something like that, it was like, mm, maybe not. Yeah, and it'll be really interesting to see,
0: I guess, now that Cleary's back in this week, to see how he goes in his first trial game as well, to see if he can kind of... I guess convince fantasy coaches to, to choose him over Heinz because most likely you're not choosing both of them to start the season because it kind of leaves you empty in other other positions. But one of them kind of has to be in your team as that captaincy option. And Heinz has already had a very good outing. So Cleary kind of needs to back that up and show why he's the he's the um, the um best choice in fantasy, I guess, going forward. But there was some other players as well that I thought had really good games like tarpeny He played really well. He was going at about a point a minute, because I think he played about 50, 55 minutes. So he had a score of fifty nine, looked really good. Hopgood as well. He is coming along to be a must-have start in round one because Madison's going to be suspended for the first few rounds. Hopgood most likely is going to be playing that lock roll, and he will be playing that lock roll this weekend as well. Um in the round in round two preseason games. So it'd be interesting to see how he, he shapes up for, for Parramatta as well um, against the Knights. Actually, Friday night, so should be should be a very good game.
1: Yeah, I agree with both those. Um, yeah, Topny, he's definitely a premium this year and, yeah, definitely not opposed to starting him in your, in your mids if, yeah, you're looking for that um, higher-priced option. And, yeah, Hopgood, yeah, looked unreal. He was offloading some serious hype about him. Um, and, yeah, I think he's pretty close to a must-have, especially with Mato out for those first couple of weeks. And I think there's a pretty good chance that he holds a decent role once he comes back as well, even if he's playing... 40, 50 minutes or, you know, 30, 40 minutes off the bench, I think he can still have value for you. There's Actually, just on to... that,
0: sorry, just so before we move on from Hopgood, the more I think about it, the more I'm con- getting more and more convinced that he will hold that lock spot, just considering kind of Maddo has been rotating through edge and middle last season with Papali in the squad, but now that Papali is gone, it kind of leaves them short, like a gun edge to hit because obviously you got laid on one side. So Maddo having Maddo on the other side and just Hopgood in the middle to make bare tackles. Um, it keeps making more sense in my head, but whether that pans out when Maddo's back, I I'm not sure.
1: Well, it makes sense to the paramount Eels fan. Uh, surely makes sense to Brad Arthur. So who
0: knows? Yeah, we'll see what happens come come round one. But anyway, you were you were going on about some other players.
1: Yeah, one that I didn't mind the look of. Uh, Hayes Perrin, I thought he looked pretty good. The, the score was a little bit deceiving. I guess he kind of is mid-20s there, but he was throwing some wild cutout passes. He was offloading, you know, in his own half. Probably risky things, but good for fantasy things. So I really did like to see that. Terrell Sloan, he looked all right as well. So I think he's, you know, if he's got that fullback spot for the Dragons, which um, based on team list this week, looks like he... Probably has that. i like to see him again this week, see how he goes. But, um, yeah, he looked pretty good as well. Yeah, I mean, he did play
0: on the wing, and he, he did nab a try, but, like, he didn't – I mean, there wasn't much you could see – see from him really like he was there but like he wasn't that involved like a fullback would be so you kind of need a bit more information to to pick him up from round one but yeah we'll get that this week when he's at fullback for the dragons so um should be an interesting watch for sure and see if he can start with a bit of form compared to compared to last season as well but um one that I was a bit a bit um hesitant now I'm a bit hesitant on after his performance in that game was uh Luttrell um only managed a six and definitely was was up and down um, in that game. What are, you, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, he's probably not one I'm looking to start with. The six doesn't worry me that much, if I'm honest. If you're starting with Latrell, you know he's going to be kind of, well, I don't know how hard he was playing in this game, but um, yeah, I think he'll still come good once the season starts. He's a little bit risky given his price. And personally, if I was going for a more expensive winger fullback, I'd be looking more at, Tedesco or um, some of those other options versus Luttrell. But, um, yeah, I think one's kind of watched because if he does have a couple of low scores to start the season, you can see him. um, Definitely one that you kind of consider bringing in once he kind of bottoms out or even drops, you know, 100-ish K, definitely one I'd be looking at.
0: Yeah, he'll have big have big games. Yeah, exactly. He'll have those big games, and then every now and then he'll have a game where he only gets 20 or 30, and that's when <laughs> you can kind of look to look to snap him up for sure. Um, I mean, there's, there was plenty of other players in this game that obviously were noteworthy, like Cobo. He scored a hat-trick, but he also dropped a bunch of high balls and cut out pass that was destined for him in the corner, and he, he dropped it. Um, I that mean was, other yeah, one of the to- worst
1: bomb prize, I've seen yeah. in a while. <laughs>
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean there's a bunch of other like kind of middle of the road fantasy options, but I mean from round 1 you're not really looking at these guys like, you know, Jordan Ricky, um Josh Kerr, Jack White and you know, those kind of guys that they they're options on their day, but they're not like classic fantasy options to start the start the season with, I don't think.
1: Yeah, I agree with that.
0: Yeah, awesome. Let's move on to the first game um of last weekend which was the Tigers playing the Warriors. Surprisingly good game to watch considering how they both went last year. Um, Metcalf was absolutely on fire, and I know he's one of your favorites, so I might let you talk about him.
1: Yeah, he looked good, didn't he? Um, He's quick. He, you know, got probably seen that try on Instagram or whatever of him kind of breaking through the middle there, which was nice to see. I'm curious to see how uh, the Warriors decide this, you know, second half spot or... What I'd really like is if Metcalfe locked in at fullback. Um, but given he's playing in the halves for the trials, it seems unlikely. Um, but yeah, if he is starting in the halves, I'll be pretty keen on him, I think. Looks good. Yeah, I think
0: if he's starting anywhere in the 1-13, to 13, I'm probably going to go him just based on that one performance. That shows that he can, he can have a good game on his day. Um, obviously, there'll be down games. But... If he, if he just cracks like a, a 50 or sixty one week, week, um, that's price rises for sure. And I think he's at 319 or something like that. 319K, I mean, he'll, he'll rise for sure, make you plenty of cash.
1: Yeah, he's, he's one of those guys, isn't he? He's kind of been around for a while and he had that big breakout in the nines a few years ago. So we know he's got you know, that upside and he can potentially break out one of these big scores. It's just, yeah, if he can land a spot in the team, I think. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And the other guy that's probably going to get the 5-8 spot, um, Tamari Martin, um, he had a very good game as well, but he only managed a 31, which kind of, it kind of plays into the same narrative we've been kind of saying, that he's a very good player and looks good on the park, but the fantasy scores just just don't come for him, it looks like.
1: Yeah, it'll be probably not one that I'm looking at too much at this stage. If There's a real, you know, lack of cheapies. He could potentially come into calculations just because he's got that jewel for the wing of fullback as well. But um, So, you know, there's potential, even if he's getting in the 30s consistently in the halves, like he's probably got a higher floor there. Potentially someone you could throw in your wing of fullbacks and kind of shore up the position there. But I think there's probably better options with some of these guys like Perham and, uh, yeah, hopefully some other cheapies that get named for, for round one as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of another cheapie that obviously had a bad season last year but looked really good in this game, um, Stefano Utuikamanu, captain for this game and really, really showed it through the middle. Um, was pretty much a leader, got big minutes. I don't know if he will get those kind of minutes come round one, but it's really good to see um, that he's running at about a point a minute as well. Um, scored a 56 on the weekend. So hopefully we can see more of that um, into the into the next couple of rounds of the preseason.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. He's someone who's just really good to watch when, when he's on fire, but um, as I kind of said last week, I think the whole of the Tigers pack is just a little bit of a question mark for me at the moment, just with yep. uh, you know a lot of mouths to feed, guys like Clemmer coming into the pack, what's John Bateman doing? Uh, so, yeah. I think a kind of wait and see for me. Not someone that I'm looking to start with, even though he looked unreal, and uh, price is pretty nice as well. Yeah. Um, another one that looked really good was
0: Matamua, but the likelihood of he him getting a starting spot is probably is unlikely. Like you said, there's so many mouths to feed that I doubt he's going to get a starting spot, but he might get a bench spot and have a small amount of value, so definitely keep an eye on him. Um, Talau as well had a very, very rough, uh, rough game, looked a bit off the pace, um, and definitely vulnerable in the centres there. He kind of got attacked quite often by the Warriors and looked a bit out of sorts but I think he's kind of coming back um, from a major injury so it's going to take time for him to click and he's definitely been named again this week so um, keep an eye on him and see how he goes again this week for sure. Moving on to the Knights and Sharks game look there wasn't really too much to talk about from this game but um, one that we will have a quick chat about is Hastings. Um, He looked quite dangerous in this game but didn't stay on for that long and did have a couple of errors as well. What are your kind of thoughts around Hastings?
1: Yeah, again, someone I'm not really looking at starting. There's so many other kind of options in the hub. You can go a bit lower for someone like a Tanner kind of Boyd, or you can go a little bit higher for a Matt Burton or a Dewey. Um, Hastings is kind of that middle ground, and I'm just yeah, not really sure what he's going to do with with KP there and a lot of question marks. I think it's just a bit too much of a risk for me and um, yeah, rather go a different way. Yeah. The fact that
0: the Knights have lost Clemmer as well, kind of puts them at a bit of risk through the middle. Um, I know they picked up Adam Elliott, but it's still, they still looked quite, quite weak in the middle. I mean, in this game, they didn't have all their first graders starting anyway, but when it comes to looking at their predicted squad for the, for round one, I mean, Daniel and Jacob Safidi are good, but for, you know, form ranges from wildly good to wildly bad so you can never predict with them and then you know their back rowers in fitzgiven he's in and out of form frizzell he had a really rough end of the season last year um it's really you're really not sure how they're going to go this year they could be bottom two for sure but they also could be pushing for the eight if they they play well enough and on the back of hastings and ponga so yeah it's really hard to predict i think for the knights this season and you don't want to risk going a hastings a ponga if, if they're really out of form, because the scores just aren't going to come.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. It's, yeah, some range of outcomes, they could literally come last or maybe get in the eight, I guess. But I think it's going to be more on the bottom end of the table.
0: Yeah, I think that's more likely.
1: You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm
0: moving on to the Rabideaus and Manly game. I mean, there wasn't really many um, first graders in this game. There was a couple of bench players, like the likes of Taff and... Um, I mean Harme Sele as well but he had his calf injury so there's a couple of players in there but nothing really fantasy wise but plenty of juniors playing um, what do you think the injury to Harme Sele as well considering they already have Saliva Vili out as well um, I'm kind of looking at Murray more and more as a as a must start because he he's most likely going to pick up extra minutes through the middle he should be
1: playing 70 to 80 minutes a game right yeah wow it's definitely interesting yeah and as I was kind of looking through the numbers for all of this patron stuff as well, I kind of had a deep dive into Cam Murray and think he's actually a little bit undervalued to start the season, which seems crazy given how much he is already. But he had a, a game at the end of last year where he scored one or two points. He came with a HRA or something, I can't remember. But he's got one really low score in his stats for last season, which kind of made his price dip a little bit. But without that score, he was in the 70s averaging pretty close to the kind of Heinz and Cleary mark. But um, yeah, if he's potentially starting yeah, and having big minutes to start the season, I think he's a pretty yeah pretty good option, especially if you don't want to go with a Cleary-Heinz combo. Going with like a, a Heinz-Mari I think is pretty good.
0: Yeah, I kind of agree with that as well. So, uh, talking on that one that he scored in the last round, he did come up with a with a HIA. Um, it dropped his average to sixty three, and his break even to start the round one is sixty two. Um, without that single digit score in his um, in his scores, he averages sixty seven. So he's five points five points undervalued at the moment. So definitely one that um, could be worth jumping on early as well, considering they don't have any buys for the first. 10 rounds, I think it is. They don't have any buys until Origin comes around, I think, the Rabbitohs, but they obviously have their buys in the back end of the year, so one that you'll probably end up offloading if you make finals in your head-to-head or for the last round anyway.
1: Yeah, I agree with
0: that. oh, moving on to the Panthers and Eels game. Um, again, not a ton of fantasy-relevant options here, but we did get to see Josh Hodgson in his first game back was very off the pace and was very tiring. It was quite hot for that game. Um, I think it would hit 36. So they're out there um, in absolutely scorching conditions. Uh, but Hodgson, yeah, he's looking like he is probably not going to be playing 80. I'd, I'd say he's probably going to be playing around the 50, 60 mark to start just to get him back into it. And um, yeah, probably not one to be looking at to start the season at all.
1: Yeah, it looks like they're pretty content on keeping Jacob Arthur there on the bench. Yeah. Um, must be nice having the coach as your dad. You can just play 14 <laughs> every week. But um, yeah, Hodgson, yeah, he did look a bit, it looked like he was dusting off some, some cobwebs. He threw a pretty ordinary pass out of dummy half that was intercepted and pretty sure it went the whole way. Um, arms still look good. But yeah, I think he's got to build up a bit more fitness. And I think, yeah, eventually he'll get to that 80-minute roll. But yeah, I think I agree with you. The first couple of weeks he might be kind of, you know, building up that fitness and not straight away.
0: Yeah. I mean, even if you're thinking about Hodgson as an option, you don't start with him from round one. He'll definitely build into this role. Um, And he probably still will lose a bit of cash because he's, he's still got, um, he's still priced quite uh, high at the moment. Um, I think he's at the mid 500 K mark and his break evens in the mid thirties as well. So I think he could still drop a bit of cash and then maybe when he starts to hit 80 minute performances, he might be able to, you know, maybe even be a bit of a cash cow even um, mid-season, but obviously one to wait and watch. Not going near him at all at the moment. Um, another player that played was Maddow. He played big minutes as well. Looks pretty solid, but I mean, it's hard to take anything of note from his performance considering he's not playing for the first month of football, and it doesn't. We don't even know if he's going to play lock or on an edge or what his role is going to be. So, um, yeah, one to keep an eye on when he does come back um, for Parramatta after the first four rounds. Anyway, moving on to the, the Dragons and uh, Saints game, St. Saint Helens. Um, looked really good. Uh, Dragons did not look really good. <laughs> How did you find this game? Because I, I didn't really pick up any fantasy-relevant, you know, performances from the Dragons at all.
1: Yeah, I'll be honest. With the time difference here, it was, it was pretty late um, watching this one and it was a pretty hard watch mostly on the Dragons' side of the ball, Um, kind of watching them struggle through this game without, yeah, a few guys like Ben Hunt wasn't playing and Sloan wasn't playing. So, um, yeah, I think the Dragons, all the talk about them being wooden spoon contenders, pretty valid. I kind of think they're not going to get it, but I don't think they're going to have a good season. Like, I think they might, you know, get out of it by coming 15th kind of thing. Well, Actually, they might come 16th um, now that was the extra team. But, yeah, not really considering anyone except for Tyrell Sloan at this stage. And even he's, yeah, I guess not really locked in to see how he goes this week
0: yeah, I mean, I mean, you we were considering Jack Bird, but with his move to five eight most likely going to happen for round one, he's a no-go instantly then. His scores at second row and lock at far outweigh what he's going to get at five eight, so he you can't put him in your team. Hunt, he's a mixed bag. You don't know what you're going to get out of him, so can't really put him in your team for round one. And Sloan is the only one, obviously because he's basement price that you're kind of looking at, but given his start to last season, you yeah, it's a risky start at that anyway. And plus, they don't play round one, so you don't even get to see him in for the first round. You've still got to wait till round two and see what happens. Righto, moving on to the Storm and Roosters game. Um, quite an interesting one, because we kind of got to see Katoa play the edge role, but it's still kind of unclear if he's going to be playing there. There was a lot of um, Storm players coming back in, like your, your, your Christian Welch. He got a he got a solid um, run in. Um and a couple of other players there and thereabouts that might be making this team. We also saw Chan, um, come in, coming from the super league into the storm system. So he's also one that's vying for a spot there. Um, but the Roosters looked really, really good. I mean, they had a quite a strong roster coming into this game, but they also looked, looked, um, very, very good. Egan Butcher on an edge played exceptional. He, he looks like he's going to get a spot with Angus Crichton out as well with his mental health issues. So, um, what are you, what are your thoughts on Egan Butcher? I mean, Nat Butcher will be there as well, but, Yeah, both the brothers. What are you you thinking around that?
1: Yeah, very interesting. We obviously wish uh, Angus Pride the the best and he's a weapon and we'll get that spot when he comes back. But, yeah, it seems to be a bit of uncertainty when he return. So, yeah, Egan Butcher, it's kind of a tricky one because you could get one week. He could have, you know, a couple of months in the position. We just don't really know. But um, one thing we do know, he's a weapon and... (laughs) He, yeah, showed that on the weekend. And I think, yeah, if he's getting close to 80 on an edge there, he'd be a pretty... He's a risky option, I think, but uh, could definitely pay off depending on uh, what happens with Crichton. Yeah, he looked good. Yeah, I think um, if you go in either of the Butcher brothers, you go
0: on Egan to start the season just because he's priced in at a lower price and he'll most likely have a bit of value to start, whereas Butcher's probably priced in where he's going to be sitting at. Um, Another one that looked good from this game was Brandon Smith. He looked very solid in the middle, but yeah, his fitness has a bit of a ways to come, I think. Um, But I think he'll still be getting big minutes in this Roosters system, especially without Crichton and and Tupanua in the team. They'll need someone in the middle as well to to kind of pick up the the minutes and the slack there defensively. Um, What do you think the likelihood of Smith getting 80 is for this Roosters team?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think 80 is, Probably a little bit unrealistic, but yeah, I'm hoping he gets at least kind of that sixty or uh, you know mid to high fifties. And I think either way, every person in NRL fantasy is starting with B Smith, so um, I guess just ride the wave and hopefully he comes off for everyone. Yeah, I mean he's he's a definite start, but whether he gets
0: you know the high to like hundred, 150 K in value, um, depends on his minutes, of course. So hopefully Drew Hutchinson doesn't take too many of those minutes at hooker. Um, but I guess we'll see how they go round one, moving on to the Raiders and Bulldogs game. Another game that was quite exciting to watch. Um, a lot of stars coming back in. You had, um, uh, Jared Croker coming back for the Raiders, Danny Levi straight into the, to the Raiders team as well. Trey Mooney as well. Um, and Franklin Pele as well for the Bulldogs looked really, really good. Um, what do you think the likelihood of him getting a spot in the Bulldogs seventeen is? Um, coming from the from the Sharks, I believe he was at.
1: Yeah, he's one that's kind of surprised me from this game. Um, haven't seen too much of him, but yeah, there's definitely some. It definitely seems like there's a spot or two open in that Bulldogs pack. Seems if he does play, he'd probably be playing off one of the. He'd be getting one of those bench. Uh, forward roles. Um, so they do have a decent amount of mouths to feed with, you know, guys like Thompson, T P. J, um, you'd all think would be above him. But then there's obviously some minutes there with guys like, you know, Josh Jackson, uh, leaving as well, who is pretty much playing eighty every week too. Um, so yeah, if he get in, you know, thirty five or, you know, even thirty plus minutes and He's, you know, out of good PPM will make you some cash and isn't a bad option, I think.
0: Yeah, I think he, if he's included in the 17, he's a pretty good, um, pretty good bench stash or emergency stash for for most fantasy coaches because he does have a bit of cash to make considering he's running it over a point a minute um, off the bench from his scores. So I think definitely want to consider and keep an eye on him how he goes in the the upcoming trials and how the Bulldogs are planning on using him because I still think he needs at least 30 minutes to get you some value. but. Yeah, you'll have to see what kind of rotation he gets through the forward pack for sure. Um, Other guys in this game that kind of were quite good were Reed Marnie. He looked really dangerous for the the Bulldogs. Um, Like we've said previous weeks, we're not sure he's going to get 80 now that they have Farmanu Brown as well in this system, but that's still to be seen. I mean, we're going to be waiting for round one to make a decision on that Uh, anyway. One guy that didn't look as good as I thought he would was Corey Horsburgh playing at lock for the Raiders. He, I I just don't think it suits him the lock role, playing more defensively and as a ball player. I think he he's a an out and out front rower. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, he's a bit. Yeah, he's that kind of hard running forward. He's not as much of a ball player, so maybe that role doesn't suit him as much. But I think the good thing about the role is he gets, you know. Usually, if he's in the rock roll, lock roll, the rock roll, the, um, the lock roll, he's getting, you know, 55, 60 minutes, which is what you kind of want to see from him. So I can get, you know, those higher, you know, 40s, 50s scores. Yeah, I think he's just a watch, see how he goes again for, for this second week of trials. And um, yeah, it'd be interesting, especially with, you know, uh, how we're and I playing in the uh, indigenous game on the weekend as well. be interesting to see how his role potentially changes.
0: Yeah, I think the competition is going to be pretty tight there leading up to round one. So the next couple of weeks will be crucial for both of those players to to win that spot in the starting team. Um, Another one as well from the Dogs that looked pretty good was Alamotti. I mean, he didn't get as involved. He didn't do anything crazy, but he was quite solid at centre there. Um, Scored 19 from... I'm not sure if he played the whole game, but he looked quite good in the glimpses we did see. Um but yeah, another one to keep an eye on. Uh and Xavier Savage, broken jaw, probably going to miss the first couple weeks of the season is a bit of a, a bit of a hit for a lot of coaches. He looked like he had a bit of value um in him as well with um obviously Jamal Fogarty starting the season with the Raiders. Um who do we who do you think's going to replace him? Probably probably rapana at the back or do you think we might see someone else come in?
1: Yeah, I think it'll be Rapana. Um, and yeah, it's a real blow for the Raiders, and um, hopefully, his recovery is you know close to the kind of five six weeks, um, and we see him sooner rather than later. But uh, yeah, I'm not. You know, I think it'll be Jordan Rapana, and I'm not sure if he really presents any value uh, to the coaches. But um, yeah, potentially when he comes back. Um, Savage, you might be an option still. We'll have to see. Yeah, um, unfortunately, not one you can start
0: with. You're gonna have to burn a trade to get him in um, at this stage. Um, other guys from this game that quite that looked quite good. Um, Sutton at lock for the Dogs. Um, I think he played. He kind of moved between the front row and the lock, so he looked quite good. Um, RFM as well. Taylor Mariner, your boy, uh, did well in the minutes that he had. Didn't play a huge amount of time, but um, definitely a watch for the next couple of rounds because he is named to play this weekend.
1: Yeah, definitely one I'm keeping an eye on. Um, I guess I wasn't watching as close as I hope. I'm not sure if he played any minutes during the middle or if he was just on the edge. But uh, I was listening to the beers and break-evens and Timmy Williams thinks he's going to kind of share a role in the middle as well, which kind of scared me off him a little bit. But I... I'm still quite keen on him. I think he'll play eighty minutes on an edge. I just don't I just, I just don't really know who's gonna come onto an edge to replace him, I think, in that pack. Like I think they'll keep TPJ throughout the middle. Um, unless they got guys like Simpson and people like that on the bench, which we as we're saying, we think it might be guys like Pelly now instead. Yeah. Just hoping he gets that eighty minute roll because he's a weapon and I think he's got some cash to make.
0: Yeah, I mean he's only averaged at um oh, his break even's only at uh around the 40 mark or just under and I think Joe Simpson actually ducked off to the ju- ducked off to the Titans actually, so they don't really have uh a bench kind of edge. I don't think rotating on the bench. So he could be getting close to 80 minutes on an edge and if he does, he he generally averages around the mid to high 40s anyway with 80 minutes. So I could be persuaded to go for him starting round one for sure. That's
1: yeah, well, when he came back at the end of last year, I was having a look into his stats for all this Patreon and draft stuff. Um, and he, when he started playing, yeah, eighty on an edge. He was high forties. You think if he's got a you know full preseason, he came back kind of midway through last season. Yeah, you know, he's got a full preseason now, built up his fitness, been obviously training there and doing their like playing there in the trials and stuff. I think yeah, fifties is not out of the question. I think, uh, yeah, 40s in his sleep.
0: Yeah, he definitely presents some good value, that's for sure. Uh, And moving on to the next game, which was the Dolphins first, I want to say NRL appearance because the the trial game before was not really, it wasn't an NRL game and they didn't really play any of their seniors. So I'd say this is their first kind of NRL standard appearance um, against the Cowboys. A couple of really good ones to watch were their bench forwards, who we expect will, will get a bench spot. So Herman Sasa and Ray Stone looked very solid. Um, a lot of words being said about Stone and his, um, his technique as a front rower, his tackling technique um, during the commentary. But uh, I think he'll be a very good option to start the season. Even Sasa, he, he played big minutes through the middle as well, and he looks a, not too bad of an option as well if he cracks a bench spot. What are your thoughts on those two?
1: Yeah, maybe will only, you know, last three weeks. But if he lasts three weeks, he should average well. Um, he's got a good work ethic, good PPM. I think it'll be another one to look at this week um, with, you know, another another trial on the belt, see how he kind of shakes up. Because I think Tom Gilbert's going to get a lot of minutes in this side as well. But, yeah, I think my biggest takeaway was just the Dolphins are going to be... Yeah, they're going to be in trouble this year, I think. It's, they're playing like the Cowboys twos and weren't overly convincing considering they had a pretty strong side. So I'd say, except for these kind of forwards, it, we think you're going to get good minutes. And then maybe the only other exception is the Hammer playing at fullback. Not too many I'm looking at from the Dolphins
0: yeah looking at their their team for this round two trial game um it looks very strong. I think this is pretty much close to their starting team um for round one, obviously missing uh, Edric Lee at the moment, and you and Aitken was named in the reserves as well. but um, I think we can talk about the the team list actually a bit more detail because we do have a couple of fan questions about the the dolphins team, so we'll definitely get into that later um but uh, another player that looked good from the Dolphins was Katoa as well. I'm not sure what you're thinking around him is, but I know that he he's definitely good enough, and he did have glimpses where he was NRL quality. Did have a couple of errors, but do you think he's likely to crack this squad this year? Like, what are your what are your chances of him, um, see, well, dethroning I guess Milford or O'Sullivan this season?
1: Yeah, I don't think he'll dethrone Sullivan at any stage. I think he'll come in for Milford. Um, at some point I don't think it'll be the start of the season but um, yeah he's he's young he's raw you'd imagine the Dolphins will get to a point this season where they're not really playing so much and I think at that point they'll start blooding uh, guys like Katoa and start building for next year yeah, I think that's a good point. There'll,
0: there'll be a time at this season where, you know, your, your Katoas, your Tavares, your, your Bostock, all those kind of guys will, will come into this team um, and then you can make a bit of cash off them probably, probably late this season. But I think that there's still a bit of, bit of value there for sure to pick them up, especially at basement price. And moving on to the last game of the round and probably, well, I thought was the best game of the round, um, the Broncos playing the Titans. Mate, it was just the Reese Walsh show uh this one um what are your thoughts
1: yeah well it's obviously a shame uh I guess I'm not 100% sure what the latest is with he got that eye injury as well um yeah. so I'm not sure if that puts him in doubt for round one or not hopefully not because yeah he did look good I'm still a little bit hesitant of Rich Walsh I think he's average like he might still meet his average but uh I just find it hard to think that he's going to exceed because he's lost that goal-kicking in the squad and he's not going to get those for Adam Reynolds. So I think that kind of, you know, any points that he kind of makes up playing for a better team might be kind of diluted by him losing the goal-kicking. Have to wait and see. He could also just come out and brain it. So have to to kind of keep an eye on him, I think.
0: Yeah, I think the current news is that he's going to miss the first couple of rounds of the season. Um, But... There's still definitely a strong um a strong voice for Walsh to be in a fantasy coach's teams because he he was outstanding. Yes, it was against the Titans, I guess seconds team, but well, not even seconds. They still had a few first graders in there, but he still shows that he can in a good system, he can definitely tear teams to shreds. That's for sure. And there was a couple of guys from the Titans as well that I thought were were. Definitely ones to bring up because they might at some point this season become very good options. The guys like Kleese Haas in the second row um, got a bit of a run. He's Payne Haas's brother, actually. He there's potential for him to get a to get a spot in this team. Probably not in the starting team when you've got Fafida and Firma kind of shoring up those spots, but a bench spot for sure is on the cards for Haas, because he, he showed glimpses where he was quite good, just had limited minutes and didn't have obviously the time of the park to to show his quality. Um, and other guys, I guess, like, you know, Katoni Staggs, he's he's been a gun in the past, but with his his work rate, he only played a half of football. With his work rate, he scored twenty-one, I think. So he's definitely a candidate to have increased value as long as he can stay on the park this season.
1: Yeah, I don't mind those options. I think Katoni Staggs definitely an interesting kind of flyer if you want to go for someone more expensive in your centers. One I'm probably looking to avoid just kind of alleviate the risk there. But, yeah, if he comes out and, you know, we know he can hit these eighty plus scores and you've got him in your starting team, you're, you're laughing. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, Staggs, definitely a good one. Um, Tanner Boyd, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to touch on him too much. He, you know, he's going to be their halfback. He looked very good in this game and he's an obvious, an obvious get for round one. Um, but Khan Pereira as well, they kind of targeted, the Titans targeted his wing, much every attacking play so i i'm leaning towards him as a must-have but at the same time i'm not sure if the titans are going to score enough points or be threatening enough to get him enough tries this season but i can kind of see his value being a cheapy i don't know he's kind of one that's I feel like he's going to be one of those ones like Xavier Coates, right? He's going to get really big scores some weeks, two, three tries, and then other weeks he's going to make like two tackles, five errors, get you like one or two points or something like that. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts around him?
1: Yeah, I think that's definitely a possibility for him. I think, yeah, he's pretty close to a must-have as well. The Titans, they, um, although they don't win many games, they usually score a lot of points. They just can't defend. So uh, I think, yeah, he's pretty pretty solid option. He's obviously basement price. I don't think there's going to be that many starting wingers at basement price. So I think that almost makes your decision a little bit easier. And hopefully it's someone you can even just have in your emergency, so you can get the so you can either kind of loop him if he has a big week, or you know at least if he has a big week, um, you've got his price rises from it. Yeah,
0: he's. I think he's one that I'm going to pick up and just wait till he gets like a 50-60 score because there will be one in there for him. And then as soon as his price, lies, price rises die out from that big score, he's pretty much out of my team and I'm going to upgrade <laughs> him or trade him to another cheapie to, to build a bit more cash off because he's going to be up and down all season um, most likely.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah,
0: and another one from this team that... Uh, had an interesting game. Was Jaden Campbell? So he was obviously named to start at fullback. But shortly after that, when they did the the kind of interchanges and brought on some fresh, um, fresh players, he moved to center, and the same center that I think Brian Kelly normally plays on. Um, and we know Brian Kelly; he's out for the first couple of rounds. I'm pretty sure. I think he's coming back from an injury. I can't or, or he's suspended. I can't remember suspended, what the I think, yeah. suspended yeah. Um. What do you think? What do you think about Jaden Campbell playing center? Do you think he could potentially hold that spot even with Kelly returning, or do you think he's just one that's way too risky to go near?
1: Yeah, I don't imagine he plays center come round one. I think it'll be someone like uh, Philip Sammy or Adam Shop who uh, you know gets that spot. I think that maybe you just had a hold of Phil and, and threw him in there. Potentially, I think he's just interesting because. I think he'll get that kind of 14-roll interchange player off the bench and, you know, some weeks in my you get 10 minutes and, you know, the score in single digits. So I think his price will come down a lot from where it is at the moment. And then if, you know, Brimson was to go into origin or get injured and he slots in back at fullback or something like that, then I think that's when he becomes a really interesting option because he'll be pretty cheap. But, yeah, I don't imagine he starts over some of these kind of like full-time centers
0: yeah I think you're right there and you're definitely right about keeping an eye on Campbell for around that origin period or even if an, an injury happens at all because like you said he'll be playing 10-15 minutes off the bench his scores will not be great his price will plummet he'll be basically a cheapie when he does come back into this 1-13 to if he does come back into the starting team um, and then he's a a must buy at that point. I reckon he's he's a player that'll probably get you plenty of value um, once he's back into this starting team. Especially if his price dips under four hundred k, there's plenty of cash to make there. For sure, yeah. Uh, righto, that's pretty much it from the from the the round the first round of the preseason trials. Uh, let's talk about the. Second round team lists. So I'm not sure if you have them in front of you, but we'll start off with the the Knights playing Parramatta. Uh, pretty pretty strong team from the Knights. I think this is close to what they're going to have come round one. Um, and some pretty interesting selections with Kurt Mann getting the, the starting number 13 shirt and Adam Elliott off the bench. Uh, does that worry you if you're kind of looking at Adam Elliott as an option to start round one?
1: does a little bit. Uh, I think some of the news around is that he's coming back from a a groin strain in the preseason. So I think there's a chance they're just kind of easing him back into it. Have to wait and see, but I think at this stage, it's not panic on Adam Elliott just yet.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Definitely keep an eye on it though, because if come round one, he's off the bench, he's, uh, I dare say he's definitely a no-go. Like you wouldn't be trying to pick him up from round one if he's not named in the starting team for sure. Um, and from Parramatta, uh, Matt Dury also gets a start uh, in the second row spot next to Sean Lane. Uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts around Dury? Do you reckon he gets enough minutes there to to be of value? Or what do you think the likelihood of him holding that spot is with blokes like, I guess, Makatoa and Jack Murchie around as well?
1: Yeah, I think it'll be a yeah interesting to see how this trial goes. I assume he'll probably share that role with Jack Murchie kind Of throughout the trial, um, and see, so yeah, who wins that for round one, and also, kind of importantly, if one or two of them is named on the bench, so yeah, I think I think he needs at least 60 minutes to be, be valuable there. Um, and if I saw you know this same team list round one with Jack Murphy on the bench, I'd probably be a little bit hesitant, uh, but at the same time. He's got a pretty good edge there. He's playing off Mitch Moses. We saw how good Ipap was last year on the same position. So I think, yeah, given the lack of kind of TPs in the, in the edge spot, he's still one that I'd be considering.
0: Yeah, the more that I look at this, and I already said this earlier, the more that I look at this Parramatta um, forward pack, and especially if you consider this the Parramatta's starting team, which it pretty much is minus... Um, Ryan Madison, obviously, because he's suspended. Um, you see that Murchie kind of rotates with Dury. You see that Makatoa and Wiramu Gregg will be there rotating front row forwards. And then Jake Arthur will be rotating with Josh Hodgson. So it kind of leaves Hopgood for a very big minute role at lock. So another reason that he's a must start. And I I think he's close to Brendan Smith level where you kind of have to start with him round one. Otherwise you're going to be well behind the eight ball um, compared to other fantasy coaches.
1: Yeah. Just throwing some extra Jermaine Hopgood hype, but uh, yeah, I
0: agree. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. The next game is the Roosters taking on Manly. Um, First glimpses of Josh Schuster at five, eight for Manly. I know there's no DCE, but. Cooper Johns will most likely be doing all the kicking anyway, so um, it'll be a good insight into seeing what Schuster's scores will be like playing 5-8 to start the season. Hopefully he gets the full game as well, so we can see, we'll get an idea of his scoring potential. Um, But against this Roosters team that looks quite solid, pretty much all their first graders, you've got Suwali there at centre, which everyone was predicting as well, um, now that they had Jackson Paulo for a wing. Uh, should be an interesting watch for sure. I think Suwali at centre is probably the most interesting one for, for mine this game. Um, just kind of seeing what his scores are like compared to on the wing, because he'll he'll definitely make more tackles and be a bit more involved in play.
1: Yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on it. Uh, Jackson Paulo getting getting that wing spot is potentially interesting there. Um, i not sure if Momorowski will eventually come back into that team, but Uh, He's definitely, he's one to kind of like keep an eye on, I think. Uh, We talked a little bit about Egan Butcher. He's in that second row spot, yeah, one I'm kind of looking into. And then I guess kind of just lastly to kind of sum up, Jake Trebojevic starting at prop instead of lock is kind of interesting for me. Yeah. You know, if he's not playing that kind of lock link role that has kind of poisoned his fantasy scores from – what they used to be when he was a consistent fifty min fifty point every week. Uh, if he's doing more kind of just average prop hit ups and bulk tackles um, potentially is one that I'll be looking at. yeah,
0: and in the uh, on the flip side as well, Sean Keppi as well, playing lock is also another one to to keep an eye on, considering he's only three hundred k. If he can get 40 to 50 minutes at lock, he's got plenty of value um there, Kepi, for sure. I think Seabold kind of changing things up at Manly will Yeah, will make some interesting fantasy options come round one for sure. Yeah, there's a lot to a lot to take in from this team, actually, when you when you look at it at face value. Obviously Tuolungi coming in, most likely getting AD. Turbo maybe coming back into form, who knows? Um Chan Kumtong, he's only going to be filling there for Lock- Lockie Croker. I'm pretty sure Croker will come back in and take that spot. He might get a bench spot, but probably unlikely. Um, but no real changes at the back. Obviously, K.O. Weeks filling in for Turbo while he's um, he's recovering from injury. So I don't think there's going to be many changes there outside of uh, Weeks. Probably Tupolotu, Parker, Cooler, and Garrick are all going to have those wing and center spots. Yeah. Yep. Yep, yep. Just an act. acknowledgement. Yep, yep, cool. Yep, thanks, Josh. Yep, appreciate that. Uh, moving on to the Dragons and Rabbit-O's, uh game. Yeah, I mean, solid team from the Dragons. Nothing crazy. I mean, you look through it, it's probably, it's most of their first graders, but it's obviously missing, you know, guys like JDB and Jack Bird um, and Sullivan, who's on the bench. Will he get that f- 5-8 spot? Who knows? Because they've got Embi in there at the moment. But yeah, I... Still, even looking at this team, I'm like, geez, the Rabbitohs are going to dumpster them. <laughs> what are your thoughts?
1: <laughs> yeah, I kind of agree with that. Uh, yeah, I think this Dragons team is going to have some troubles this year. Um, kind of just looking, things that interest me. Ben Mozilla Mur- on an on an edge. Still don't think I'll start him, but it's interesting. <laughs> um, and then I guess the other highlights, Isaac Thompson, Things have got this wing spot for the Rabido's. We know, you know, how good the rabbitos can look when they, you know, hit form. So he's potentially going to be a beneficiary of that. And I think he's in the kind of like low 300s to start the season. So one to kind of consider depending on other cheapies and how they will get named. And then this bench makeup is a little bit interesting as well for the rabbits. I feel like it'd be pretty crazy if they started with this, like a kind of back utility and then. Back backup hooker as well to start the season, but that will kind of really play into the big minutes the Cam Murray if it happens, I think. So, yeah, another wait and see, and I think it will be, yeah, a big Rabideau showing for the first game.
0: Yeah, with all these starters. I think that for the Rabideau's bench there, most likely it'll be only Taff and Mamazilas who hold a bench spot. One of those guys will drop out, and then you'll probably see a, a Moali or a Chi Cam or someone like that probably fill in just because they've got a bit more utility value and can fill the forwards r- rather than, you know, a Taffer or a Mamazielas can. Um, yeah, I agree. I imagine, yeah, because they're, they're running short on, you know, bulky middles. So, But I still agree with you. I still think Murray's going to get big minutes. I also think Arrow could be getting close to 80 as well. Um, so definitely, definitely one to keep an eye on because Arrow last year, I don't know if you remember, but he came shooting out of the blocks in terms of scores. He was in the mid-50s. Um, from the start of the season, and then his minutes slowly tapered off a bit as Cam Murray's took off, and that's when people were jumping off him just as soon as they jumped on him, pretty much. I guess, I mean, Panthers are Panthers. Looking at their team against um, St. Helens, pretty much exactly as you'd expect. There's not really too much you can you can say about him. They don't have Liam Martin in the squad. I think he's recovering from an injury currently, um, but he will definitely be taking back his number 12 shirt from Zach Hosking. Um, he might get a bench spot, Hosking, but I still think you're going Luke Garner to start the season. But, I mean, there's not really much more to say about this Panthers team outside of maybe Mitch Kenny, but the likelihood that, um, what's his name, Sonny Luke is on the bench is, yeah, it's it's pretty, pretty sure. We're pretty sure that he's going to be getting a bench spot.
1: Yeah, it does seem interesting that he's not even in the extended squad. So I guess there's a chance they maybe play Salmon, and then... Mitch Kenny gets a bigger bigger role. So, yeah, definitely one I'll be looking at for for TLT to see uh, what's happened with Sonny Luke. Maybe he has a little niggle or something like that. I'm not really sure, but... Um, yeah, but I'll you're be right. I guess really. there's...
0: Yeah, there's one thing to say about this team. If Sonny Luke isn't named on the bench for the Panthers come round one, I think Mitch Kenny is a, a must-buy at that
1: point, right? Mm, I'd have to kind of have a look at it. I think he'd be, be pretty close and um, given he would probably be around the 50-point mark if he, if he does. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, he hasn't played a ton of 80-minute games, Mitch Kenny. Obviously, he's been off the, the bench um, for Appy, who's played the, the bulk of the minutes. But when he has played 70-plus uh, minutes, he's averaged, you know, the mid-40s. So, I mean, if he, if he does have the bulk of the starting role at the Panthers, you could see decent price rises because I think his current break-even is 29 and at 426K, you know, should make 150 to 200K if he does get the bulk of the, the hooking roll there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, righto, moving to probably one of the bigger games of the round, the Broncos playing the Cowboys, both starting with very strong teams. Adam Reynolds has been withdrawn as well from the Broncos team, so Jock Madden will be starting at half back. But other than that, both of these teams look pretty much full strength and ready to absolutely go at it in
1: the Queensland derby.
0: What are your thoughts here, fantasy-wise?
1: Ready for the Cowboys to put on a clinic. That's my fantasy. <laughs> okay. uh, summary? Nah, it's, I think there's not too much as far as the Cowboys. Uh, pretty standard. Pretty much what everyone expected to see. Cohen Hess gets that second-row spot. is maybe the only news um, yep. that I was a little bit uncertain about. Uh, and Then for the Broncos, yeah, it looks pretty much what it looked like last year for him. Interesting to see Cobo there at the back. And then I just wonder how hot this game's going to be, if it's going to give us a real indication of, I guess, what minutes might look like for, for round one. Um, so I imagine 8-10 on the Sunshine Coast. is going to be pretty coasty. Um, yeah. So it might not be that much of a gauge of how it'll go round one. We'll have to kind of wait and see. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. Hey, just wait and see. I mean, it, wait and see going on.
0: It is preseason, so it is just waiting and seeing. So yeah, makes sense. Um, I'll be interested to see Carrigan though. I, I I'm hoping that he gets big minutes in the middle, but um, I'm still kind of on the edge of whether to pick up Carrigan or not because the the rotation obviously with Haas in the team between Kerrigan and Haas is it's it's hard to pick who's going to have the better scores because when Haas is in, the, when Carrigan and Haas play together. They both kind of share points quite evenly. Obviously Haas outscoring him most of the time. But when Haas isn't in the team, Kerrigan is an absolute beast through the middle and he's the, kind of a must-have in fantasy whenever Haas is out. So I'm just kind of interested to see what minutes look like because Carrigan. The only way I think I pick up Carrigan at this stage is if he improves on the minutes that he got last year. And it's already hard to do that considering he was playing your mid-60s... Um, mid-60 minutes anyway um, from the from the starting 13 spots. So yeah, I'd need to see some improvement in order to pick up Carrigan. I think from, from round one with Haas in the team.
1: Fair enough. I draft Carrigan over, over Haas. So yeah, um, that, that should
0: tell you all you need now. That is that, that was huge when you said that. It, <laughs> our draft is what in two weeks time now, next weekend. So um, yeah, if you, if you ever have that option, I would better see Carrigan in your team. Because I'll be waiting right after you to pick up Haas, hopefully. <laughs> anyway, moving on to the Warriors and Storm game. Getting a bit of an indication from the Storm. Obviously, Sims is out with a bit of a niggle. Um, he's a bit injured at the moment. So we see both Trent Liero and we see Eli Katoa on edges for the Storm. Uh, I think form is going to really show for these two who gets that starting spot. And also, Tom Eisenhuth named it lock with Josh King on the bench is just as big news as the two edge players there. I, I don't know, Bellamy obviously doesn't have the same pedigree of players to choose from as he did last year, but Tom Eisenhuth, he's always, you know, mixed to missed to fix it in in the in the lock or edge spot for the Storm. Do you think he can carve out a bit of a role for himself
1: this season? Like potentially, but I don't think it's going to be a fancy relevant role, so Probably not one I'm looking at. I'm more kind of interested in which one of these guys gets this edge roll. And hopefully it's uh, one of the cheaper guys that you can plug in and they get around the the 40 mark and kind of build some cash. But That's kind of my big watch for the Storm, I think.
0: Yeah, definitely keeping an eye on those two guys and seeing how they they go in this game. Um, It's definitely between one of those two to get that other edge spot, I think, at this point in time, especially with Joe Chan named in the reserves. So, yeah, definitely keep an eye on them. Uh, on the flip side with the Warriors, Tohu Harris has been named at lock, so he's been moved out of the front row um, as we saw him last year. And Jackson Ford and Murata Kore have the edge spots um, this week with Mitch Barnett starting in the front row and Josh Curran off the bench. So I don't know if this is an indication of where they're what they're looking towards for round one, but if it is, it kind of throws out what you're – what you were thinking initially around picking some of these Warriors players, like we think- we were thinking that Barnett was going to get an edge roll in close to 80 minutes, making him fantasy relevant. But in the front row, that's not going to happen. Josh Curran, if he played at lock, had big scores as well last season. But if he's off the bench, not going to happen. Tohu Harris is probably the only one that now presents good value based on um, his kind of low scoring end to the season last year. He normally averages mid-50s at lock, especially playing 80 minutes. And Jackson Ford as well um, could be a potential option if he can get big minutes on an edge. Um, what are your thoughts with this team?
1: Yeah, it has thrown a little bit of a spanner in the works just seeing yeah, people in you know, Mitch Barnett playing lock, Josh Curran on the bench. I feel like they're maybe just experimenting and it'll be probably more traditional how we expect them to look. Around round one, but yeah, one want to keep an eye
0: on. Yeah. I think that, that Warriors pack's going to get shuffled quite a bit this season. It might be pretty hard to pick players from round one, knowing that it would get shuffled around a bit, but yeah, one to watch. And obviously Tamari Martin named at six Metcalf and Volkman actually named in the reserves as well. So yeah, really not sure what's going to be happening with the Warriors. Um, chance at fullback though is on honestly good signs. Um, If chance starts at fullback, he's another potential option. Come round one. As well. Um, obviously, returning from the Raiders back to his good old trusty Warriors team. I think he has a bit of value there as well at the back. For sure, yeah. Okay, looking at this West Tigers and Raiders team, um, looking at the Tigers, they're still missing a lot of their forwards. Um, you know, no Joe Offahengawi, no John Bateman. I mean, he's still having um, visa issues. I think he's still in England. Um, Matt were named amongst the reserves so he didn't even keep his spot after a pretty good showing in the first round we'll see guys like Fanua Pole and Sean Bloor come in uh, and be possible options but our first obviously seeing Clemmer and Papali'i in this squad as well so should be an interesting one from the Tigers, what do you think?
1: Yeah I think the main highlight here for me is who's going to win this second row spot if it's going to be Sefarth or Sean Bloor so hopefully that or well, hopefully the trial on the weekend kind of helps us solidify that and hopefully it's Sean Bloor.
0: Yeah, exactly. We've been, we've been touting Sean Bloor for the last two or three years. Obviously, he had that ACL injury last year, but we've been touting him to come in and be an absolute gun for the Tigers, and it just hasn't happened because of injury for him. So really hoping he gets a, a decent chance to, to show um, his value this season. And, yeah, we still don't know what's happening with John Bateman, so there, sh- there should be an option well, an opportunity there for round one for either of these two guys to come in and take that spot because Bateman has been stuck in England for the last, I think, six to seven weeks now and obviously with his visa issues. So
1: he might not make it back for round one at this stage. Let Joné in, I think. <laughs> Get him back. You sounded um, like a Burgess brother there. <laughs> Johnna, uh Yeah, hopefully makes it. It'd be pretty... Yeah, I don't know how he's gonna go if he comes back and round one's not too far away, so Maybe yeah. he's been doing some runs in, in England or something to keep him fresh, but got all over the shot for the Tigers. Star recruit, John F.
0: Yeah. It's unlucky for him, but um I guess looking at draft, I guess, for John Bateman. Obviously, if you look at your draft pre list, he's been just dumpstered down the bottom. I think he's at like the one of the last players on the list, so you've got to make sure you move him up your, your pre draft list, of course. But in terms of where to pick John Bateman up. Do you pick him on his previous performances or, or are you pushing him down a bit further? Because obviously he hasn't played preseason with them. He hasn't played any football with them at this stage. So what do you think the scoring potential is like there for John Bateman? Obviously you're not picking him up in classic, but draft wise, what are you thinking?
1: Yeah, I'm still looking to draft him decently. Like I still think he's going to have a good year whenever he gets back. Um, And I think it's kind of just kind of tying the line with where you think he might go in your league um, and getting ahead around or so and not kind of overdrafting him because everyone will get forgotten by some people at the bottom of the list. But I'd still be kind of going, I don't know, decently early where you think he's value if he's getting you, you know, in the mid-40s, high-50s or mid-40s, low-50s, so... That's kind of where I see him for this year once he's back. But yeah, I wouldn't be drafting him in the same category as guys like Tarpany just because he's so low on the list. Yeah. Yeah,
0: absolutely. You're right there. And speaking of Tarpany, he's been named Locke as well. I don't think the Raiders are going to start like that. Most likely he moves back to the front row, but I think they're just trying something different because of Horsburgh and Harawira Naira. They didn't, exactly probably convinced Ricky that they needed, they were going to get a starting spot in their team. So we'll see how they go this weekend. Other than that, not too much to talk about from the Raiders with um, Xavier Savage already injured um, as well and Rapana filling in at fullback. So there you go. (laughs) Moving on to the Bulldogs and Sharks team. Uh, I mean, not too much from the Sharks other than Teague Wilton being named. I still am wary of him because Wade Graham is named on the bench. So I wouldn't take too much away from that. Um, in terms of Wilton being a fantasy option yet, you'd probably need to see a bit more information before you go Wilton, especially with Wade Graham in the team. And the dogs, uh, get a bit of a glimpse of what their team will look like. And it looks like pretty much a, a first grade starting team with Luke Thompson at lock. Raymond Fatale Marin are on an edge kick, kick out, obviously on the other edge and TPJ starting in the front row. Do you think TPJ is a, an option if he does start in the front row?
1: Yeah, he's still one I'm not really looking at, if I'm honest. mate. Um, yeah. I just think there's better options around. And, yeah, could easily go back to the bench after a couple of weeks. Don't really know with him. But, yeah, one I'm probably kind of looking the other way. Yeah, I kind of agree.
0: I think you need him to have an 80-minute edge spot or at least a 60-minute lock roll if you're going to go near TPJ. So probably one to avoid if he does start in the front row off the bench.
1: 100%, yeah.
0: And moving on to the Dolphins and Titans, the last game of the round. We won't talk too much on this Dolphins team because we already got a question about that. So we'll talk about that after. Um, But the Titans. So Brimson was named at fullback and Jaden Campbell has reverted back to that 14 jersey like we were talking about. But probably the bigger news in this team is the fact that uh, Tino has been moved to the front row. And they've put Isaac Liu at number 13 um, instead of Aaron Clark, who's actually starting from the bench. Uh, and And Verils, of course, is named at number nine as well to to start his Titans career. what are your What are your fantasy options from from this Titans team?
1: Yeah, I hope this is kind of following a theme that we're hoping that some of these teams are just experimenting and hoping what happens. I'm sure. Well you'd think Tino goes back to play in lock, um, and Isaac Lou probably comes off the bench. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they go with this one and how that kind of the edges and the edges kind of like the the mid-rotation goes. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, one to keep
0: an eye on um, for sure because I think there was a few people that were looking at Tino as a potential option to start the season. But I think if he's playing in the front row, his minutes will obviously decrease. So, probably not one to go if he's named in that number 10 or number 8 jersey for sure okay we've looked at all the teams now we'll have a look at some of the fan questions Uh, won't go over all of them because there's plenty there actually you know what I, i think we might do we've got so many fan questions that i think we might do a separate uh patron only podcast where we go through some of the fan questions that we've received through Instagram. So if you want to have a listen to that, head over to our Patreon, subscribe there and have a listen as we go through some of the fan questions and break those down in a bit more detail. Um, But I might cover a couple of here before we end the episode today. Uh, So Josh, would you go Cleary and Tanner Boyd or Dewey and Burton?
1: Oh, wow. That's a good question. I think you have to go with either Cleary or Hines just for the, the captaincy option. And we're talking before, you could potentially do like a, a Cam Murray and a Hines or a Cam Murray. I guess if they've got Cam Murray there and they, they could do a Burton and uh, and Dewey, but I think you pretty much want to have two of those three going into the round one. So I'd be leaning the Cleary and Tanner Boyd
0: yeah, I, I agree with you there. And then you can upgrade Boyd to a Dewey or Burton with that extra cash that you kind of make later in the season. So I don't think you need to need to start with both Dewey and Burton. You've got a, a half there in Boyd that you can make a bit of cash off. So I think Boyd needs to be there as well, somewhere in your team. Um, yeah. Another question, who do you like more, Matt Dury
1: or Sean Bloor? I think I like Matt Dury better in the sense that he... Looks like he's going to get at least kind of 60 minutes or so in this Eels lineup. Sean uh, Blob playing off the bench this week in the trial. I think it, it really still depends on kind of round one team list and who gets the starting role and who doesn't. But if they're both starting, I think I would lean Matt Dory just because he's in a better team. And, um, you know, seen with Isaiah Papali last year, how good that, that role is. So he's probably the way I'm leaning.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I guess, what are your predictions on Nani this season? Do you think he'll outscore guys like Jermaine Hopgood and Luke Garner in that role?
1: Yeah, I do. Um, I know you're big on Jermaine Hopgood. He's a little bit of a, a smoky. We don't really know how he's going to play kind of once Madison comes back, and it kind of depends on his role. But I think Nani isn't probably one that you're looking at to start the season because he's priced a little bit. Inflamed, I think, but I think for a draft and kind of throughout the season when he potentially comes down a little bit, he's a really good option. I know he's got a lot of, you know, tries and tries of kicks and things like that. Some kind of, you know, spiking, attacking stats. But I think another year in the Cowboys system, another preseason, I think he'll kind of make up a little bit of that gap in base stats. And yeah, I really like him. Yeah, I think he's a good option,
0: but like you said, he's not one to start with. Um, and I think y- your starting edges should probably be ones that are going to make you a bit of cash to start with, like, you know, big ups on Hopgood and Garner. Um, they're two options that are probably going to make you some cash to start with. So yeah, definitely go to value options as an edge. I wouldn't be going middle of the road edge options unless you're going premium, um, you know, to guys like your your Papali, um, your I wanted to say Bateman and Crichton there, but probably not those two at this point in time. Um, you know you Sean Lane's those Fieder. kind of edges. Yeah, for Fida, Hudson Young, the the edges that are actually going to definitely get you big scores. You're either going up to them or you're going down to the the cash makers. Um, Nanai is sitting in that awkward in between spot where you don't really want to want to start with him. Righto, I might stop with the questions there. Like I said, we're going to do a patreon only podcast um, going over some of these questions. And because I just forgot, we forgot to go through the, t- the Dolphins trial team. So we'll go through that one as well on the Patreon as well. So follow the link um, in the description of this podcast or through our Instagram, go through our bio. The link's there to go to our Patreon and we'll talk about it there. But thanks, Josh. Another week down and another round of trials to go. Let's... Uh, Let's hope we, we see some good options come out of this weekend.
1: Yeah, cheers, Daniel. Thanks for listening to us dribble on, everyone. And um, yeah, catch you next time.